and I share this when I talk because it's it's relatable. My biologic father recently passed. He was in his nineties, poor health. Mm. I hadn't been around him for forty years. I didn't want to be around him. I'd yeah, call him hard. occasionally. He'd hard. slam down the phone. He didn't want anything to do with me. He was embarrassed by all of his actions. But you know, I I'm glad he and I, I say this. I'm glad he's dead. He was not a happy person. He was mean spirited to a lot of people. He did things he shouldn't. But I love him. And I love and I have loved him for a long time. And it's not of my flesh that I can say that. It's mm. the Holy Spirit alive inside of me. Mm. And in, in my family, we've had lots of loss and death. And we've had addiction, suicide, all of those things. And uh, one of my nephews died with a needle in his arm. He stole over a quarter million dollars from our family. Gosh. Uh, and I, I, and I said, but I, I love him. Not of me. I don't like what he did. But I love him because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And then the Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing. It's a he. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit inside of me forgives because I'm called to forgive so mm. that I'm also forgiven. And it also reminds me of what the mistakes that I make. And sometimes I need really big forgiveness. My wife gives me grace. I'm so grateful to her for that. Yeah. Amen for that. Uh, Mine too. Yeah. And it's one of the things that I really appreciate about her most. And But I, I look at that and someone says, okay, this Holy Spirit thing, what does that mean? And I said, it means I can take someone that really hurt me a lot and shaped part of my life negatively and I can forgive them. And I can honestly say that I love them, not of my flesh, mm -hmm. but of the Holy Spirit inside, alive inside of me. Right. Which allows you to still honor them in the ways that, you know, the Holy Spirit can, can lead you to that. I, I share some of that experience. Uh, a stepfather of mine was um, uh, addict and living in our home for, for a time. And it wasn't pleasant. But in the end, being able to actually truthfully not pretend forgiveness and move on and forget it and, try, you know, act it out in other ways in your life through whatever your vices are, which is the typical pathway, right, for our nature. Being able to grieve that story and move on from it and now looking back, be able to honor the good in, in those experiences. Yeah. What look what God's done for, for you, uh, out of that suffering. And I don't know, I think it's a, I think it's a powerful idea and it might sound cliche to some, but it's a powerful idea that all of our suffering is leading us toward a greater good and a greater calling as long yeah. as we allow it to. Right. Yeah. Who knew that God was setting me up to minister to men, to yeah. hurting men. Right. Um, uh, to uh, men troubled by addiction or, mm. you know, in in all of the many ways that are way common today. Mm -hmm. And it, Blake, I'll go speak and I'll be around 20, 25 guys or 30 or 40 or in a big room. And they'll look at me kind of like us. You know, they'll say, you know, we're, we're both tall, handsome and in our 30s. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
That's great. I love it. And I, I've had guys come up to me and, and then say, you know, when you start speaking, I don't want a thing to do with you. I wanted to get out of the room. I just thought this old, this white guy has nothing to do for me. Yep. Then I start talking about addiction and uh, forgiveness takes strength. Forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. No, it's not. It's Following impressive. Jesus is not for the faint hearted no. at all. It takes discipline. You got to read, got to pray. Go find a Bible-based church. And if they have a variation of Bible-based, that's not a Bible-based church. And resist what culture's telling you. That's not weakness. That's no. strength. Now, the whole idea of toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah, guys have done some bad things over a long period of time. And the feminist movement had every right to call out guys for a lot of the really bad things. But masculinity... Genuine masculinity, biblical masculinity is not toxic. Mm -mm. It's guys learning to forgive and walking out forgiveness in strength, saying, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize. I made a mistake. I hurt my wife. I hurt my kids. I hurt my business partners. It's never saying I'm perfect or I didn't make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a way of, well, it takes a, it takes a level of self-awareness. And self perspective, you know, in, inward looking work, which is honestly more than most men are willing to do. The that's where the strength and the weakness starts to weed out the weaker weaker folks is they're not willing to do the work to even want to understand who they've hurt, who they're hurting, yeah. what their impact is on others, and the difference between that that and who they are now and who they could be if they submitted to God's plan for them. So I think uh, one one good piece for everybody watching, and I'd love to hear from you because you talk to so many men and do a lot of this work is for men out there that struggle with porn and with lust and yeah. they're in church, I think the statistics are something like 75% of the church population uh, at any given church is viewing or looking at porn in one way or another. And that's I don't know if that's men or women or both, but um, what do you typically start with for those men and, and what kind of work have you seen be fruitful in that area? Well, first thing, I'm, I'm going to set you up for a future guest. Awesome. All right. Yep. Set, uh, write down Fred Stoker. Okay. Awesome. Uh, in fact, Christopher and I were just talking about this for you yesterday. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. And Fred travels the world. He's sold millions of books in like 30 languages. He's the ideal guy for Christian ministry for sexual addiction recovery. Uh, but uh, what you said about church is true. The stats, and, and it's men and women, and it's staffers mm -hmm. uh, at church are doing this. A quick funny story. Uh, in the neighborhood in the church where we live, there was uh, a, a, a real uh, – uh, gosh, a wave of porn hit one of the middle schools Okay, where a couple of the alpha male and females started grabbing their phone and showing, you know, hey, look at this. My older brother, sister, mom and dad, they think it's OK. And it, it was epidemic. So uh, it also had a couple of the guys <laughs> had to admit, you know, when the kids would come home and say, hey, I feel sick. Something happened today. I've never seen this before. Or mom, dad, Joey showed me, an, you know, uh, this today. And our church said, okay, 
uh, we have a problem if, with porn in our community. Phil, you're going to do a workshop about it. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> what, what's no big, funny no about pressure, that, bud. Right. Well, what's funny about that is, you know, a couple of the guys in our church who had a problem with that, they were the ones that were saying, you're going to do this. And wow. Then, later, I learned, of course, it's like, you know, you probably should be sitting in on this. Yeah, right. A lot of <laughs> a lot of people should be. Oh, so uh, the, to get back to your thing. So uh, people think uh, nothing can replace my addiction to porn. It's just who I am. It's what I do. And uh, we're learning today that porn is really, at, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade. Mm. I mean, it's amazing. And people say it doesn't hurt anyone. So there's a great just let it be idea about it's harmless. It's not going to be a problem. And here's part of the problem. Uh, and this is why you need to grab Fred because he is the expert on all this stuff and his love of Christ overwhelms. And he has a phenomenal story as well. But here's part of the problem. Guys that are exiting high school and college have an epidemic right now of erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Too. Now, they can perform for the gal on the screen, but they can't do it for the girlfriend yep. or for the wife. Right. And they're saying, hey, we need to watch this together. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. And then gals are in middle school, someone's telling them, hey, it's okay, mom does. Yeah. And and there is a delineation, there's a difference between this, the stereotypical soccer mom porn, which is relationship porn, mm-hmm. and, you know, the triple X, very physical, and oftentimes very violent porn that guys watch in their 20s, 30s, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're getting men and women in their mid to late 20s who've been watching porn since they were... 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And they graduated and masturbation became a part of it. And they just realized, uh, I'm not going to need a relationship. It doesn't really do anything for me anyway. Right. And, well, that, and that is in the church. Yeah, it's it's rampant. And I, from, from my experience, I think I was like nine years old when I remember being exposed to porn for the first time. And, uh, you know, it, there, there was an infatuation with with it and it it can become like for me it became a an achilles heel for me for years and years where it you know when you're playing baseball you're on the road you're in hotel rooms by yourself a lot there's a lot of and you're and you're away from family loved ones girlfriends spouses you're away and so it's this environment of um i don't know you 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 know you like kind of oh you can't blame us for this, that, and the other. But the reality is, is that it's much more harmful m- mentally, psychologically, emotionally. And to your point, one of the craziest stats that I saw is that um, one of the, the most frequently abused drugs amongst millennials and um, what, what are they called? The Gen, Gen X, Gen Z, the younger folks, you know, 14 years old to 21 right now. One of the most frequently abused drugs is Viagra. For the, for that reason, there are so many of these poor kids are addicted to porn because of the dopamine rush, because of the ease when they get stressed out. That's what I used to do. I'd get stressed out about a game or whatever else and just either womanize or go down the path with porn. And it's, it's, uh, obviously it's, it's a bottomless pit. You're never satisfied. 